Well, we live simultaneously in linear, cyclical and circular timelines. You create time, I create time, every day. From the get-go, we decide when our day starts and when it ends. You decide its poses and rhythms. Your time is not everyone's, it's yours, truly. What's the worst punishment you can inflict on anyone? Well, you steal from that person the ability to decide on her or his own time. That's also what you call prison. This miracle can only exist because of your perceptions, your mind, your decisions. It is truly yours. And this is quite simply the paradox that fascinates me the most. In my article calling Time and Time, I shared some of the apparent contradictions between perceptions of the past today and the past yesterday, what it meant then, what it means now. That led to the conclusion that circular and linear time could not possibly coexist. That was an impossibility, yet they always did. So let's dig further into this apparent contradiction. So let's start with defining the different types and different shapes of time. I can think of linear, cyclical, or circular time. Let's start with linear times. This is the easiest to experience. You can define it as a succession of events drawing from a point, which we call the starting point, to an end point. This is a chronology. We can conceive it as a sequential time or as a continuous time. This is the debate which has happened for a long time in philosophy. But ultimately, there is something which we call a past and there is something which we call a future. Both are actually fundamentally largely material. We imagine them or we construct them. Even if we have a photographic or eidetic memory, the past remains nothing else than the selection of events. A patchwork which does include a date, for sure, we pin it somewhere, but also a patchwork of emotions, colors, sites which are attached to that particular picture, to that particular date. We glue them together into a photo album which we call then the past. The future itself does not yet exist per definition and hence remains largely a function of our imagination, our fantasies, our ability to project ourselves into alternate realities and logical deductions until the future actually happens. Both past and future hence are defined purely by the exact moment we call now. Both past and the future only exist as anchored into that instant which we call now, as you hear my voice, instantly. This is the present. Like the 1900s movies or the science fiction illustrations of the 19th century, they are both imperfect and they are both imagined pictures. We accept it, we work on it, we know that. However, when we try and refine our vision of both, this remains a selective choice. This remains a selection. Now, the present itself is hence a type concept defined by loss, by decay, and by choices. This definition is not a negative one. Don't misunderstand me. This is just a natural process. Now is a natural process. Linear time is quite literally the time we are born with, hence. We are born, 
we don't remember it. Somebody tells us you were born on that particular day, which creates the material for so many comedies, for so many novels, for so many dramas. We know that date by heart. This is generally what defines us within a society. We live with rhythms which are defined until the day we die. We don't know if we remember the day we die, but what we do know is that somebody will pick up that date, will write it down, and it will become one event in his own picture album, into his own timeline. After linear time, the most external time shape which we know is the cyclical time. What is cyclical time? Well, fundamentally, this is a never-ending succession of events which seem to repeat themselves endlessly, or at least endlessly, at our own level, at our own uh, time. Well, take planet rotations, we know they decay, and that eventually even planets will die. Same with the sun. However, at our individual level, you can as well say that this is eternal, that this is endless. We know we experience endless rotations of events in a cycle which never seem to stop. Think about the day and night cycle. Even if we've got variations, if you sit at the pole, this is pretty much a constant in our life. Think about the seasons. Some regions are defined by the fact that there is low or even no seasons. Monsoon seasons versus non-monsoon seasons or winter, spring and so on and so forth. These are two types of cycles which we take, which we have to take as eternal at our own human level. But even within our own manageable sphere, I would say, we've got cycles such as the fashion cycles. Take jeans. We move every 10 years from skin-tight jeans, think punks, think hipsters, to bare-bottom jeans. And here we go again. Think about disco and think about the up-and-coming fashion. We know and we follow actively all of these cycles. So linear time and cyclical time are pretty much daily occurrences in our lives. The most controversial one, the ones which actually generated on Reddit the most discussions, is the circular time. So if you are part of the 20,000 people who actually read this article, you will know that this is the most difficult one to explain. It's very easy to conceptualize. Circular time means that there is no beginning, no end. This is just, as someone put it, a flat circle. It does not necessarily mean that individual events in this timeline repeat themselves. A cycle is very different from a circular event. These elements may reoccur, certainly, but this is an endless loop. That is, it is impossible to define a beginning and an end. I take an example, and again, this is not a perfect example, but this is just kind of an illustration, a parable for actually what I'm trying to describe with the circular time before going into much more metaphysical involvement. First and foremost, you take two elements, like hydrogen and oxygen. Both are individual gases, and in a void, they can be combined through a spark and create water. However, at the same time, you can pretty much, from that very water, again separate individual gases in an apparent endless loop in a circular time with no beginning 
of the individual elements existing. You can you cannot say that the hydrogen or the oxygen pre-existed. This is a circle as we experience, for example, with the clouds just looking up from our desk. If I exclude the fact that this reaction was induced, was external to my system, this is an idea of what circular time may be or may represent. And again, if you believe in transmogrification or the soul the transfer between individual living beings, well, you've got an idea that there is a time or conceptualization of time which is both linear and circular at the same time. So we know of three different types of times, three different shapes of time, which is the linear one, beginning and an end, the cyclical one, beginning and an end, but with a series of recurring uh, events, and finally, circular, without any beginning and without any end. So now, logic tells us that time should be either linear or circular or cyclical. Either it begins and it ends, or it does not begin and it does not end. Either it repeats itself or it does not repeat itself. But it can't do all of these three things at the same time. Well, actually here, I would enjoy you reading actually the research by Peter Koss, who actually summarized all of the different types of research from the earliest St. Augustine up to Einstein and his followers to, to see all the different logic, all of the different research, including such names as Leibniz and Locke and uh, obviously Newton. Uh, but ultimately, is this relevant? Because as individuals, my feeling is that our experience tells us something rather different. So let's just take a year. And let's just consider the fact that we take it that a year is rather linear. We are better off now that we were in the beginning of the year, hopefully. It is cyclical. Again, winter, spring, summer, fall, and yet again, here we go, winter. And yet again, is there a beginning of the year, or apart from what we decide, or is it just one continuous time loop? Well, time does begin and end every year. There is a 1st of January, there is a 31st of, January, of December. This is a measurable and unique timeline. This is a progression, this is a sequence where we can't say, oh, by the way, now okay, is not defined by yesterday and tomorrow. No, now exists and progresses and we can't go back. So basically, it has to be linear. At the same time, on the 1st of January, well, we move on to the 31st of December, and then instantly we are back into the 1st of January. This loop, this cycles, and this is a continuous timeline. We happily accept this paradox, we live with this paradox, we accept it as completely normal. But when we try to think about it, we think that we've got to isolate the different types. They should not coexist, yet they do. Well, let's listen to the specialists and let's see that, observe actually, at, at least that the scientific community does not, did not resolve so-called the time paradox, yet, probably. And 
to do that, well, let's, for example, check out what is said on Quora. And then you will find and you will see the latest scientific discussions. And everybody actually does seem to have an opinion. After all, this is the internet. So whether you're a physicist or a philosopher, an astronomer of that trend or this chamber or that chapter, you will have your own firm view on what is time. How it's shaped, however, is not so much a discussion. It does not seem actually resolved. Of all of the different definitions and views and all the logics, time should be indeed one exclusive quality of it. But it does not seem so, and hence the debate is extremely intense. Just, again, have a look at Quora. On the fundamental level, whatever reality you are looking for, it is, or it seems critical to define what is the underlying backbone of our existence, of our universe. After all, it would be nice at the very least, and I think it, we have to decide whether our entire universe started with a singularity, a Big Bang, a point zero, a 1st of January, and is in continuous expansion since then, into which, well, that's where all the theories discuss and all the theories end up with the different uh, Einstein uh, ideas, or if the Big Bang in itself is nothing else than the day after an end event itself, or if, in this case, we are part of a longer contraction expansion cycle like an accordion. This is just a few of the discussions, and obviously I cannot judge these arguments. I cannot say this one is right, that right, that one is the correct one. But just reading through all the theories and all the debates, and again, all of the quotes which are thrown at each other, it seems that everybody is looking for an exclusive answer. The answer that wins it all. The answer that says that time is actually linear, or cyclical, or circular, or none of the above. It is a fourth dimension. We need the science to answer it for physics, for astronomy probably not for individual life, because yet again, as individuals, we are used to this times paradox. So how do I know that actually these questions of the shape of time is fascinating? Well, this is one of the first questions which was asked when we started asking questions about our own reality in the 19th century. We were instantly intrigued by the possibility of time travel especially through the famous H.G. Wells novel. Basically, we would like the opportunity to travel along a linear timeline. Why? Well, admittedly, this is obviously to go back and correct the wrongs. Let's be honest here. Probably we would give also our young selves some lottery winners, right? Except that even if you take only that particular ex ex experience, imagine that everybody has got the right lottery winners numbers. Well... That would not leave a lot of money to be won and shared. Well, so we could also, yeah, we could jump back to correct the wrong decisions. But if everybody does the right decision, makes the right decision, reaches the right conclusion, what, how will life, how will the world look like? Well, difficult to imagine. How do I know that this question about 
think about yesterday, I would like to live about yesterday and, and, and so on, is one of the fundamental questions, one of our fundamental experiences. Well, even if I read the latest entries in the Reddit forums, something like the Gen Z forum, it is full of the good old days of my youth, memes, pictures, postcards, collages, and so on. Now, their youth is less than 10 years ago. So, 10 years on, they would already like to live 10 years ago. This is what many, many people I talked to told me, oh, I would so much like to be and relieve, maybe not my school days, my university days at the very least. Well, if we can't relieve it, what's the next best thing? Well, it would be to actually, if not relieve it, at least look at it again. We would have a look-see, and as we said, probably having a look-see either at the reality of it or the look-see at the album we constructed. That is already a question. That remains, nevertheless, one of the biggest humans' uh, dreams. The very concept, actually, we have of time travel will naturally open up a host of questions about physical, practical, moral dilemmas, and this is one of the most typical what-ifs. Linear time, indeed, means no turning back. With circular and cyclical time, we could have, we should have the opportunity to skip to the right decision part. But everything, again, could end up, should end up very much at the point, at the starting point, with the constellations of opposites. So we know that the main belief, the main solution is that simply time travel or traveling around time is, if not impossible, but at least it would cancel out, it would negate the present. So while we are pretty much unsure if time traveling is possible, although scientifically it seems to have been proven, at least for molecules or, or for atoms, we know that the question whether moving along the scale the line is pretty much still up in the air. So the mass seems to be pretty much said on time and linear seems to be the most widely accepted explanation or shape. However, individually, we still don't live in these singular types of timeline. We actually live in simultaneous types of time. It's not simply a matter to dial up or down any particular time shape. Our own systems combine all of them seamlessly. We combine linear, cyclical, and circular timelines. We do that even consciously. And science agrees that empirically, all of these different types of times exist side by side. Let's consider our day as a start. We take it as a linear time. We measure it, we count it, it's 8 o'clock, then 9 o'clock, then 12, then 2, and so on and so forth. We live also in a cyclical time. We alternate rest and activity. We sleep, we're awake. Why? Because there is a very physical need. We refuel energy, and during the rest time, time for us as individuals does not feel like it's moving at all. It's because when we wake up, the clock tells us or the sun tells us, or any external element tells us, time was spent, time went by. It is only when we wake up, actually, that we determine that a new cycle has started or not. 
either we stay in bed or we just wake up. We can measure that we are within a cycle by, again, looking at the clock or looking at the sky. The nature of that new day, however, is not different to the one before, from yesterday. Experiences showed that we naturally fall into daily or circadian cycles. We finally live a circular time. Indeed, these very days exist because we measure time based on cycles around the sun. Because of science, we know that what we think is a year is actually a part of a year. We need that every four years, we need one more day. And actually, a year is actually 365.25 days. So forever, our own personal level, we will continue to marvel at the launch of satellites and know that some of them are launched specifically to take pictures of times over there. And why? Because we also know that we are on a rock moving in space and that the universe is expanding. So we can actually take pictures of yesterday. This is one of the most mind-boggling terms or mind-boggling research you can come across. It could be as well that our universe eventually will be contracting again. That will make it, again, some circular time. So if Newton law of transformation and conservation of energy is to be believed, that indeed would seem more logical than an endless expansion into, into what? If indeed there is nothing created but simply transforming, well, we've got to understand what's going on. And at our human level, at our individual level, we can't seem to think beyond that. Because at our individual level, again, it does not matter if time is either linear or cyclical or circular. Actually, the fact that the time can be the three different things is pretty much the only important fact here. All of these definitions, linear, cyclical, and circular, are measurable, are scientific. They are fixed. So, for example, again, if I take a day, a day on Earth, according to NASA, is 24 hours. Well, on Mars, it's 25 hours. And on Jupiter? Well, on Jupiter, it's only 10 hours. Interestingly, recent research shows that a day is not so much a physical reality as an intellectual construct. Can you believe that? Think about it. Do you know that humanity, before watches and clocks, actually slept mostly in two takes? Before electricity, before electric lighting, before lamps, when light was actually candles and pretty much literally fire, it was more efficient, or it seemed more efficient, to actually sleep into two takes at night, two times four. Isn't it fascinating that technology now reshape, redefine what we think of a natural day into something which pre-existed? We live in actually constructed layered timelines within our own within our own very minds. At the very same time, we live quite naturally in circular, cyclical, and linear times. The fact that we happily layer all of these reasons does not mean that we don't have to define each of that. It does not mean that we don't have to give each of these layers its rightful time. 
Some cultures have totally integrated, for example, the complete secular time as a mythical time for their society. The fact that all of us have to shape and use and grasp all of these paradoxes naturally is quite an intriguing thought. This, to me, reinforces the idea that time in itself is the most absolute and the most relative currency existing universally. We share it as humans. I think, therefore I am, indeed, 